How are we doing, Ryan? I should take a drink. Yeah, wonderful, James. <laughs> Thank you. We're Thank you very much. Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. looking out for one. Another. That's right. Well, hey, looking back in November. Oh my gosh, yeah. what got a couple exciting. of housekeeping things. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What an exciting month, though, across asset classes. So, uh, but before we dive into that, as we um, entree into the holiday season, uh, it's been a tradition of ours that we send Christmas cards to clients and. Part of me feels that some of these cards never either make it to the mantle or, you know, they're overlooked with all the junk mail that we get these days. So we're always looking to have a better way. Yeah. We're always looking to innovate. And so one of the things that we're going to be doing is phasing out the physical Christmas cards and the money that we're saving for that. We're going to start getting very active um, with charities and we're going to rotate the charity. So more to come on that. But don't be alarmed if you're, uh, if you're noticing a difference there. For those of you who really just want that physical Christmas card, or if it's your only one, let us know. Let us know we'll we'll sure. get it out there to you. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who think that's a cool idea, we appreciate uh, you backing us there. It's just our way of really trying to find a way to to make a difference. So yeah. um, again, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Looking forward to them. Yeah, absolutely. So the excitement of November. Yeah, I think statements felt different. I know I had a couple yeah. people, you know, giving a call and an email and it's like, well, yeah. like, you yeah. know, we're trying to be in position to take advantage of those kind of months when they happen. Well, look at three months of just uh, slog lower. Yeah. You know, can set you up for, for a big reflex mm -hmm. higher. And so it, it's great. And um, there's a lot of reasons. And I think we can study why the markets did so well in the month of November, but S&P 500, top 500 uh, companies in the U.S., up just shy of nine percent right. for the year. So um, yeah, for the month. For the excuse month. me. So uh, in the month of uh, November, eight point six seven percent to the upside. Bonds were not uh, spared in this. They were not left behind. How about yeah. that? Because they uh, have been. They have been. They have <laughs> been. But uh, again, remember, bonds move. Generally speaking, bonds move opposite of uh, interest rates. So rates kind of collapsed on us in yeah. November for a number of reasons. And the aggregate bond index, which is just the a basket of bonds, a diversified basket of bonds, was up 4.41% for the month of November. So that was tremendous. Right. That was and we tremendous. always like to look back at the different months of these podcasts, right? But I guess as we get closer to the holidays, we get closer to next year, you know, how do we think 2024 is going to look? Or what should we, what do we think some of the themes might be? Okay. So are we, are we doing this right now? Or are we going to give our forecast, our, uh, our model? I, we could. Okay. Well, how about this? Let's, let's leak into it a little bit and then we'll make the call for the December pod. Yeah, that's what I was Setting thinking. up for 2024. But you know, looking at 2024, it's, it's interesting because everybody's been waiting for this recession, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody that hasn't manifested. Right. Normally, that's how it works, by the way. You know, the recession or the market move that everybody sees coming is typically not what happens. Yeah. So when you look at 2024, I think a lot of it is going to be driven by the plumbers. And you <laughs> might say, well, what are you talking about, plumbers? Well, recognize the capital market infrastructure is like plumbing, yeah. right? And what flows through it is money. So... Are the plumbers going to uh, allow freely flowing capital? And maybe it's from some things that are not necessarily organic. For instance, you know, government spending. I mean, a lot of, of November was driven by just a, a few changes in governmental policy that collapsed interest rates, maybe to how we're redo, you know, a difference in calculation of CPI, mm -hmm. or maybe how we're funding our government. So a lot of this is going to matter, I think, on our policymakers, our governments, 
willing to flip the levers and, and move the levers that will allow that flow from just government coffers into the economy? Or are they going to allow, allow the actual organic economy yeah. to kind of run its course? And so it, it's big because if they just continue to kind of, you know, push capital out into the markets and liquidity out there, you're going to see the, the economy expand, the, the markets expand. But if it's kind of like, but the problem with that is it's not natural. Right. It's not what you would historically think of. So, I, I mean, it would be the end of the credit cycle in yeah. a way. I don't know. Would they uh, would they want to entree down that road? Maybe because it's an election year or something like that. That's going to be the key. Right. So I'm doing a lot of digging. I know that you're right there with me. Yeah. Um, we will have some some guidance and I think some narrative to it. Some interesting thoughts. To you know, kind of looking ahead, we got a lot of those balls in the air. And... But isn't it amazing how you look at, again, two things mm -hmm. that really stood out in the month of November. Basically, we... And this is looking in the rearview mirror. So CPI, we get CPI, Consumer Price Index, mm -hmm. for the prior month, right? So we got the October CPI index, and they changed how they weighted like healthcare costs. And all of a sudden, it really is meaningful, and you get this lighter CPI. But did it really change what's happening out there? I don't know, but you had a lot of computer trading algorithms yeah. that fired off. We'll take it, we'll you take, know. We'll um, also, another thing that took place in the month of November that I found interesting and unique, uh, Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, prioritized the issuance of Treasury bonds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every month at weekly Treasury bond auctions to fund our government. Well, if you don't like what's happening in, in one area of the Treasury auction, typically you don't, but I guess you could, yeah. which we did, change and meet the demand kind of where it's at. Now, that's not typical. But yet again, that put a cap on like the 10-year Treasury bond yield. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to see the market respond so positively to that. So, you know, again, these are going to be things that we need to be watching, but they're very meaningful. Yeah. And we'll stay on it. Like yeah. Said. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. And we enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So before we kind of get too far into 2024... You know, I guess, you know, you and I talk about Metallica and some of the different things oh, yeah. that are out there. But, you know, we kind of thinking, you know, who who's in who's in good shape for maybe decisions they made even a couple years ago? Yeah. So it's kind of for whom the bell tolls, exactly. I think you're getting it. Yeah. It's kind of this idea. A lot of in in our area, a lot of billboards have sprung up mm -hmm. with uh, those selling insurance products. Right. And annuities. They make you feel good uh, in challenging market times. They probably had record years. Record years. Yeah, on fear. Right. That's the thing, though. These annuity products, they seem like a silver bullet. It, it handles everything, but it's being sold. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a product uh, typically sold by insurance people. So, you know, they typically have their time when uh, markets are extremely volatile, when uh, investors are extremely discouraged and, and scared. But those annuities have populated out into... Uh, society. And it's one of those things where I think that their time is running out. Right. I think that when you look at times of uh, market and economic stress, it, it doesn't last forever. Right. And the majority of the time we have good things happening mm -hmm. in our economy. Less frequently do we have really challenging times. So again, uh, we feel that probably a lot of individuals out there in the world have been uh, sold and preyed upon from a fear perspective. Right. Just you know, fear. Again, and so if anybody's out there and wonders what they've got, yeah. what they got themselves into, by all means, reach out. But this is the point at which 
those billboards probably start disappearing right. um, you know, as we get into 2024 because perhaps that credit cycle will kind of put us on the doorstep of something we can be positive for for the long term. And they're not designed to take advantage of what we've had you know, the yeah. last 12 months. I, you know, talk think, about it. Well, you think about it. It's been up. The markets, the S&P is up probably somewhere 20 30%. Since October of 22. So you want the, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, 20%, 21% to the upside for, uh, for you know, this year. For this year. Yeah, so off the lows, right? Yeah. yeah. And the way that they kind of protect themselves, the annuity companies, is sometimes you don't get all of that gain. So if you got in at those lower points when you were the most scared, well, now what do you do? And I guess we'd want to help you make those decisions if you or someone you know did decide to put some of their life savings into one of those products. Right. You know, we can take a look, give you options, maybe an exit strategy or what would be in your best interest with what he or she has done during that time frame. Right. Yeah. The general rule with these things is um, the the minute you start seeing guarantees and things like that, recognize you're paying for them. Yeah. And they're really you think that it's an investment, but quite frankly, it's an insurance product, right? Yeah. And so it's not a lot to unpack there. But anyway, if you're starting to get worried or your neighbor. Yeah, by all <laughs> that's time. right. Exactly right. So another thing that you and I have heard a lot from our clients, you know, oh, and we've even talked about it in a different podcast about, you know, if you have idle cash or, you know, maybe the risk-free rate has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah. But Let's get just a little into that, Ryan. You know, yeah. what, how do we look at that? How should we look at it? If we decoded it, yeah. you know, what does it mean? So for the general public, if you will, let's talk about that. It's wonderful because that's what you're going to get in an interest rate in a money market account, mm-hmm. let's say. That risk-free rate. Think about it. it. You know, a money market position is a cash-like position. Right. But you're not taking the risk of owning debt, which would be a bond, or owning equity, which would be a stock. And you're going to get paid. And let's call that 5%. Yeah. Okay? That's your risk-free rate. Now, if you're talking to me, I'm going to get down into the weeds a little bit more. And I'm going to say, that's our risk-free rate for doing nothing. Then I'm going to take it a step further and say, well, what is the premium that I would get, that I would anticipate with owning stocks. And then I'm going to start to stocks or any other type of risk asset. I want to know what the premium is going to be for that. And that's where I'm going to start to take fundamental factors and things. But it's so important because that risk-free rate drives a lot of probability uh, decision making Mm -hmm. uh, processes. And why that is, is because if I can make 5% not taking risk, well, does it make sense to then all of a sudden add risk for what benefit? Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you're making that uh, ch- you're you're using probabilities to decide does it make sense to take that extra risk? Mm-hmm. So listen to the risk-free rate. And if you ever want to to talk about that, by all means, reach out. But quite frankly, when you're getting paid five, boy, it sure takes a special environment. Right. To get me out on that risk range. Mm-hmm. So just think of that, conceive that, recognize uh, when the risk-free rate is, is up where it is right now, it's telling you something and you should listen. Yeah. And we always talk about, you know, one of our jobs is to make sure that we as, you know, advisors and money managers are having our clients get paid properly for the risk that we're taking. So you know, like pulling the curtain back, right. that's kind of what you're getting at. You yeah. know, if I'm getting five risk-free, should I? Exactly. Or if I did... Am I going to get paid properly for it? Uh, we we exist to manage that risk-adjusted return relationship. Mm-hmm. Risk, 
adjusted return. Yeah. All right. So if we've had a higher risk-free rate than we've been used to the last few years, yeah. and now we're kind of getting towards the end of 2023, which we're not there yet because we're just kind of getting through November, right. how should we interpret what has gone on in 2023? Yeah. The well, results, I, you know, investments. Yeah. I think that what you're seeing is a dramatic bifurcation in asset classes returns. I mean, quite frankly... If you own the Magnificent Seven, so large, you know, cap growth companies, you're feeling really good, mm -hmm. but it's not diversified. Right. For those of you who are just starting to kind of break even on the, uh, you know, the small and mid cap uh, portion of the portfolio, it's been a tougher, uh, bumpier road. You know, bonds are, are kind of benign this year as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just 2023 has been a, a big divergence with respect to asset class returns. But be patient, because what this means is that the markets, the capital markets are sorting it all out. Uh, there's an element of confusion within the capital market system. And I kind of touched on it for this uh, 2024 outlook at the front of the podcast. It's like, well, wait a minute. If you have government authorities who will just literally flip a lever, yeah. And all of a sudden, then capital can flow in. Well, that's kind of different than if we're relying on the organic growth. So where are we going? And this is this is true of digestion periods. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a lot of different um, you know, returns across different asset class spectrum. But the beauty of it is once we can get a trend sorted out, yeah. it's pretty simple from there. Yep. Start to tilt and figure it out. Yeah. But it. 2023 has been a very... Uh, bifurcated year. Yeah. yeah. And we were going to talk about it kind of in the next pod, but we wanted to kind of fast forward it to this one with the last couple years in clients' income and withdrawal rates. Yes. Right. How much people are taking out of their portfolios each year, you know, and what's gone on in the market the last couple of years might be something we want to right. reevaluate, touch on, look at, budgets, all of it. Right. Well, and that's a big part of why we exist in individuals' lives, families' lives, because we can help determine what's what's reasonable from a wealth perspective, a spending perspective, a trajectory perspective, and then you know give our thoughts. The issue that you run into is when you hit a soft patch mm -hmm. in the capital markets, it's going to exploit maybe some bad behavior that could have been covered up by blockbuster returns. Mm -hmm. You know, from 2018 till 2021, I mean, it was tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous place in the market. So it could mask those challenging, um, you know, income streams that would put pressure on a uh, portfolio. But it's like, we're booming. So you what know? does it matter? What does it matter? <laughs> okay. But now I think those who are seeing maybe balances erode, we're positive this yeah. year. So if you're seeing your balance erode, recognize that you're, you know, you could be taking too much money. And if you're nervous, that's probably the the easiest solution. It, it is. Yeah. It's the easiest and most effective solution to protecting the balance within your portfolio. So uh, this is a time where you want to just reevaluate what your goals are. Maybe you want to spend down. Yeah your wealth as you move through your life. Okay, well, maybe you're willing to take a little higher withdrawal rate, but recognize you need to expect you're going to see less and less on a statement. For those of you who still want to build um, and, you know, want to focus on that rock-solid longevity, pick your head up, look around. Yeah. What What's uh, the range? Yeah, in that 4 to 6% a year is kind yeah. of what 
we would say we're most comfortable with, depending, and that's just like the 30,000 foot view. Blanket statement. So I I think too, it's like, are you adjusting for inflation? You Mm -hmm. know, what's your goal at the end of the road? Like, what are you trying to, are you trying to leave a legacy of a certain amount? Those are the things that we work with our clients on to try to determine um, whether a, a retirement plan is viable yeah. and continue to evaluate. So definitely uh, reach out if you'd like us to uh, take a look at things for you. Kind of not necessarily along those same lines because that's kind of maybe protecting the portfolio from yourself, right? If you're pulling too much money from the portfolio and we're trying to manage risks, so we're trying to, we'll say, quote unquote, protect it from the markets. You and I have been talking this month. One thing I don't think we've talked about in this podcast since it started, we talked to clients, you know, often about it, but how is the portfolio being safeguarded from criminals, Yeah, from people outside of you and I, the client and the firm and the custodian outside of that, how is it being safeguarded? Well, and this made it on our list to be in talking with colleagues and recognizing, my goodness, there's a lot of bad actors out there (laughs) and they're targeting all of you. Mm -hmm. And so we, and they're targeting you in a number of different ways. Right. And I've seen so many different variations of a risk out there. But this is the point in time where we want to highlight one of the reasons that we're important in your life. We know you well enough to know that you don't typically ask for a withdrawal that way. So mm-hmm. we're going to call you. James, you had uh, mentioned, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, just how uh, individual closed yeah. an email. Right. Yeah. We were talking, I had a situation where I had a client, you know, whenever she would email me, it was, I'll call it like a whimsical. She was a very caring person, very warm person. It would always be sincerely or warmest regards or hope your family is doing well. All these little things that I guess I took after knowing her for so long that it kind of meant something to me, right? Well, I got an email about helping their nephew with a wire and it just ended with her name. And I was thinking, not only would you normally call about that to make sure that, you know, you can't just take a wiring instruction on email, but the way that she ended the email, I was thinking something's gotta be going on. So I called her, she said, no, I never requested a wire, but maybe Mark got into my email and said, oh, you know, I'll do it that way. Called him, he was on the golf course. He's like, absolutely not, I never asked for a wire. You know, so then we go ahead and go through the financial back channels to kind of back up that, but that's phishing. You know, we do lots of things. Our technology department tries to protect the firm. We definitely try to protect our clients on that. We we have what I would consider military grade IT (laughs) protection. And uh, they work with us a lot in training and what have you. So again, we stand ready for duty and uh, our goal is to protect on many fronts. So much so, sometimes I joke with one of our IT guys, I'm just gonna start sending you all my emails yeah. and tell me what we can touch and what we can't. Sounds like an effective strategy. <laughs> I know. Well, as we look ahead, Ryan, yeah. end of the year, the holidays, next year, maybe more specifically December. Yeah. You know, what do we think might what are we looking at? Well, I could tell you, seasonally speaking, December would be a, a time that the market can tack on to some of this November momentum. Uh, but, you know, November was such an outsized move that it probably needs to be gi- digested a little bit. Yeah. Um, after all, markets are trading at, at pretty high multiples mm-hmm. relative. And just think of this uh, from, from this perspective. If I'm paying for a business, the price that I'm willing to pay should be in line with how profitable that business is. If I'm going to make an offer on a wildly successful business, 
well, my offer better be up there. Right. But if I'm going to make an offer on a business that's just breaking even, well, I'm paying for the real estate, essentially. So you got to keep an eye on uh, price to earnings multiples, you know, even though that's rational thoughts. The market doesn't always have to be rational, uh, but recognize that we might need a little bit of digestion. We certainly want to know uh, where inflation is. We haven't really talked much about interest rates this time. Not today. Make no mistake, they're still very, so very important. We're giving everybody a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little break. And guess who holds the keys there is Jay yeah. Powell. So we'll get a meeting in uh, December, you know, probably no action from their part, but we'll yeah. listen to their messaging and what have you. So, you know, let's just slide into the end of the year on maybe that Santa Claus uh, uh, mindset and, and hope that uh, the market continues its uh, momentum in the right direction. And uh, we'll jump into the 2024 outlook soon enough. Sounds good. Happy holidays and thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely.